As y'all know, back uh, several weeks ago, we began to look at the, the topic, I guess, or the subject area of the uh, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, and how those how this terminology is used in the scripture. Uh, to help increase our understanding of what it is and where it is and how we can be blessed by it and I guess the importance of it uh, as I as I began to look at it and uh, I was it's funny how uh, sometimes I over the years I have used a number of different things to help me and when I get something on my mind uh, study scripture and so you know use the concordance and just use words and write things down computers come along help you to look up things one way or another way, you know, to search search the scriptures out for various terms. Uh, and uh, over the course of the weekend, I was looking at some things related, I guess, to what I've been preaching on. And uh, and it also it also matters uh, for those of y'all, this is real trivia, right? So, uh, so it also matters sometimes which uh, site you're looking at on the computer because they work different. Uh, and they, they, and so, you know, you can use Bible Gateway or you can use the Blue Letter Bible or you can use others that are out there, but they all do something just a little bit different the way they look at things. And so, uh, anyway, uh, as I, as I'd done that when I first had gone my searching on this, I was like, okay, so I want to know all the phrases in the Bible where it says the kingdom of heaven. So you type in the kingdom of heaven, it brings it all up for you. Then you come and say, well, I want to know about the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of God. So you type the kingdom of God, it brings up all of those. Uh, and so you've got all this. And then you say, well, there's some places where it says his kingdom. Okay, so you say, his kingdom. Uh, and then, uh, then you realize also there's some other places where it just says the kingdom. Uh, and a lot of those different programs don't respond unless you, they give you exactly what you ask for. <laughs> it, it doesn't think for you. It doesn't expand out beyond what you, uh, what you write in there. They, it's only as smart as what you type in and let it know. So anyway, so as I was doing that, I told all that to tell you, to tell you this. So as I was doing that, I'm like, ah, I discovered some more verses that I had not been looking at. <laughs> and uh, so, so, and some of them you're like, oh, I knew that. And then some of them you're like, hmm, I didn't know that. Uh, so as you, as you look at these kind of things, sometimes all that's at least interesting to me. I hope it stirs you up a little bit as we look at some of this. Uh, we started out several weeks ago talking about the kingdom and talking about the kingdom is now. Uh, and the kingdom's within you. And we use scripture to show that Christ, Christ told us himself that when uh, he had cast out uh, devils by the power of the Holy Ghost, he said, if I do this by the power of the Holy Ghost, the kingdom is coming to you. Okay, so the kingdom was there. We, we established some of those things. Looked at the fact that uh, John the Baptist came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Christ came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus sent out his disciples to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So uh, something that is at hand is not far off, it's close by. Uh, we also find that Jesus had encounters with uh, people that were coming and inquiring of him of the law. This is in uh, Mark chapter 12. Uh, and as, uh, as, he, as he looked at, as this one came uh, and inquired, uh, you know, about Master, what are the great, great commandments? And Jesus summarized the, the, the commandments and the law. And, uh, and this scribe comes up to Jesus and says, Master, thou hast answered well. And, and Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. So uh, he was telling him, you're getting, you're getting close to it. You, you're seeing the essence of these things. And I think a lot of it, uh, if we go back and look at some of the things that were being uh, taught at that time by the religious leaders of the day, uh, they had gotten very much into the, uh, to the road of do this and do this and do this. But you know, sometimes when you're doing that, you forget that there's a king. 
uh, and you forget that there's one that you're worshiping. And I, I trust that as uh, as we explore some of these subjects here, uh, this subject here over these number of weeks, that we don't forget that the reason we're here today is to worship the King of the Kingdom, uh, and that uh, we're not here to worship the Kingdom, uh, we're not here to worship uh, uh, the Church, uh, we're not here to worship anyone but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and all those that make up the the Godhead. We're here to worship them uh, and Him this morning, uh, and so uh, let's think about as we think about this subject, uh, we'll explore that now. Uh, what I wanted to do with y'all just briefly, I hope briefly, uh, is to uh, expand this thing out just a little bit because, uh, you know, you, you make the comment, okay, they came preaching the kingdom. Uh, well, you know, if, you, if you're like me, you stop and say, well, John the Baptist preached it, Jesus preached it, Jesus sent his disciples out and preached it. Let's go one step, let's go just one step beyond that. Let's turn over to Acts chapter Two, and we'll get back because last week what we talked about was the fact this kingdom is a spiritual kingdom uh, and we turned to Kings chapter 2 to show that because it's spiritual uh, doesn't mean it's not real and uh, things in the spiritual world are just as real as things in the natural. In Acts chapter 1 uh, we find Jesus Christ uh, appearing uh, to, the, to the, uh, the apostles at that time uh, and talking to them there after his, uh, uh, after his resurrection it says... Uh, in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 3, it says, "Until let's read verse 2. Uh, Until the day in which he began to, to be taken up, after, he was, after that, through the Holy Ghost, he had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, and to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, uh, by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So what did Jesus do after his resurrection? He appeared to his apostles and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Uh, it goes on and tells us as we go just a little bit further down in this portion of reading, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but he shall, uh, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many hint, days hence. Uh, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Uh, so they're still still looking for something to come be established there in, in that land and country. He says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons of which the Father hath in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other uttermost part parts of the uh, of, of the earth so again if we think about this commission sometimes it's talked about about why do we go out and preach again it's not just Matthew uh, the last chapter of the book of Matthew uh, uh, in Acts he tells them you're to go out and preach uh, everywhere possible and that's uh, of course you say uh, for those that would say well that was given to the apostles yes it was given to us so uh, to follow out uh, after these things if we turn over a little bit further again just to uh, hit upon some of the these things we turn over to the eighth chapter of the uh, the book of Acts, and we'll find there the story. Of course, this is right after uh, Stephen had been stoned to death, Saul consenting to his death, uh, and it tells us that uh, Philip had gone down to the city of Samaria and began to preach to to those that were down uh, that were there. Uh, <coughs> and uh, this is an interesting story about Simon uh, the sorcerer. Uh, who was also using much power but came to be a believer after hearing uh, Philip preach. Uh, and as, uh, as he did, it says uh, in verse 11, uh, maybe back to verse 10, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great is the great power of God. And to him that hath regard because of a long time he hath bewitched them. This is talking about Simon. And when, he, and when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning, and when they believed... <laughs> Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So Philip came preaching what? The kingdom of God. Uh, again, so we see this carried over into the New Testament scriptures uh, a little bit further. Let's turn over to Acts 20. Uh, we'll turn to a couple of places here in the book of Acts, but I want to see how this establishes beyond just John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, 
That should be good enough. But uh, John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, his disciples uh, that he sent out. But now we find Philip going and preaching. And what was he preaching? The kingdom of God. I think it's probably important for us to stop pause for a moment. We'll get to this, I guess, a little bit later on uh, as we look at some of this. Well, okay, so they came preaching the kingdom of God. What were they preaching? Uh, They were preaching repentance. Uh, They were preaching baptism. Uh, uh, They were preaching the godly living. Uh, They were talking about how we walk forward in our service to God. All of these things are the kingdom. They're not the world. I think that's where, you know, maybe that's one of the things that we get confused about. Uh, This place here that we call the kingdom, not just the church, but our lives, because Christ in you, uh, the hope of glory, the kingdom of God is within you uh, uh, through the new birth. Uh, And so uh, as we look at all this, uh, the kingdom is to be a place uh, uh, in our lives where we honor the king by the way we live and by the way we act and by following his his laws his conduct his rules in our life then we and then through humility we enter into the kingdom uh i could also uh, in a, probably uh, one other thing that i thought about that as i looked at some verses some of these verses if we turn over to colossians and i'll not turn over there just tell you this uh, real quickly if you turn over the colossian letter in the teachings of the apostle paul he tells us uh, uh, that we we are trained Translated into the kingdom. The word translated is just another word that the uh, the New Testament writers used to, for the new birth. Because uh, the word translate means to be picked up from here and set down over here. It's kind of like uh, kind of like being me up, Scotty. You know, it's kind of like uh, uh, being moved from this place to that place. So, being translated into the kingdom, we're to walk in honor and glory and, and praise of God. Here in Acts chapter twenty. And we turn to a, to a portion of Scripture where the Apostle Paul uh, is uh, is giving his farewell to the uh, uh, to those that uh, were at uh, Ephesus. Uh, this is kind of a famous portion of Scripture in the book of Acts where he's giving his farewell speech to them after having been among them preaching and teaching for a number of years. Uh, and he and his uh, and as he does this, it says. Uh, you know, this is one of those famous places where he says, I've held nothing back from you, verse 20, uh, that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, or Jews and Gentiles, uh, repentance toward God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither I count my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that that you... I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. So uh, as he was teaching them, it says he held nothing back that was profitable to them, teaching from house to house, house, uh, and uh, and that uh, what he had taught them there, uh, both the Jews and the Greeks, uh, was uh, was the things about service to God and so forth. So, And as he, he summarizes that in verse 25, he says, I came preaching about the kingdom of God. Uh, that's what I was preaching to you about while I was there. Uh, let's turn over to Acts chapter 28. Because now we find Paul, Paul has left uh, Ephesus. He's now journeyed on to the city of Rome. Uh, a lot of times what we consider to be the area where he was actually, he was, he was under house arrest uh, there in the uh, city of Rome awaiting his trial, his time of coming before the public leaders. And the Bible tells us here in, uh, in Acts chapter 28 that as he was waiting for them there, uh, it says, <clears throat> let's just start with, uh, Verse 19 of, of, Roman, of Acts chapter 28. It says, And when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal to Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called you to see you and to speak to you, because for the hope, for the hope of Israel I am bound in this chain. And they said unto him, we neither receive letters. This was, uh, I'll summarize this because I dove into the middle. He's talking to the Jews that were at Rome. 
uh, they had come to talk to him, and he's the, he's thinking, well, they'd probably heard of him because of his letter, and so they began to tell him, say, we didn't, we haven't received any letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee, but we desire to hear thee what thou thinkest for for as concerning this sect. Christians, uh, we know not that we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Uh, so they've heard of this sect of people that are called followers of Christ, Christians, uh, and he says everywhere we hear it's spoken against. And when they appointed him a day, there came many to him and in, unto his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and of the prophets. From morning till evening. So this kingdom of God that uh, seems to be going forth being preached uh, by Paul, by Philip, by Jesus, by the disciples uh, uh, has to do even from the uh, from the law of Moses and the prophets uh, and everything related to how our service and our worship of, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I wanted to go back and just bring that portion of Scripture together uh, as we look at this. And we've talked about the fact that... Uh, Jesus, him, uh, the Jesus himself said his kingdom was not of this world. In other words, it's not a worldly kingdom. It's not the Roman Empire. It's not, uh, as they inquired of him there in Acts chapter 1, uh, when are you going to reestablish the kingdom of Israel? Well, it's not going to be the kingdom of Israel. It's not going to be the kingdom of any nation or world or country here in this, uh, in this world that we live in. But it's a kingdom that, uh, if we think about it here this morning, the kingdom of God is here. Uh, the kingdom of God is here because God has translated us into his kingdom. God, we can see it because of the new birth. Uh, uh, we can enter it because of humility. Uh, if we humble yourself as a little child, you can enter into the kingdom of, of, of heaven, in the kingdom of God. And so uh, it's a kingdom that's here, and it's a worldwide kingdom, uh, uh, and it's everywhere and it's nowhere all at the same time. I, I mean, kind of, it's, uh, it's one of those crazy things, uh, uh, but it's just as real as anything that we could think about. Uh, and even though we don't see it all the time operating in our lives, and it's certainly not operating in this whole world in a lot of places today uh, with the things that are being done in direct rebellion to the things, the laws of the king. Uh, but... Uh, yet uh, we can humble ourselves together, whether it be here in a little small church house or whether it's out in the woods somewhere, and we can gather together and we can worship the king uh, and enter into the kingdom of, of heaven for just a little while here in this old world. All right, so let's turn over, if we can, this morning uh, to the 13th chapter of the book of uh, Matthew. Uh, and these are things that are familiar to you because Brother Adam has been covering the book of Matthew, and we've heard things talked about, but we want to go back and look at some things that we find here in Matthew in uh, 13, 18, 20, 22. Uh, may not look at all those places this morning, but what I wanted us to think about uh, for a little while here this morning uh, is think about the fact uh, there are some things that describe the kingdom. And Jesus gave us a number of those descriptions while he was here uh, in, the, in the word of God. Uh, and laid, laid them out for us. And these, de these descriptions that we find laid out in Scripture of the kingdom, you know, as you look at it, they're all very different. Yet they're all just as real one as the other, okay? They're all describing uh, different ways of how we view the kingdom and how we see it. One of the things that we talked about briefly last Sunday, uh, besides talking about the fact that, uh, uh, that uh, the kingdom is real, uh, and we've used, uh, for those that weren't here, we'll mention, you can go read Second Kings chapter 6 sometime, and you'll see over there, this was uh, where the prophet Elisha uh, and his servant were surrounded by the Syrian army. Uh, and uh, as they uh, were surrounded by the Syrians, uh, the morning when they woke up, they looked at the mountains and saw all the Syrians surrounding them. And uh, the, the servant of Elisha looked at him and said, Bastard? How shall we do? <laughs> How are we going to get out of this one, uh, Master? It looks like it's a pretty difficult situation. Uh, and, uh, and Elisha prayed, and the servant's eyes were opened, and he saw around about him chariots of fire 
and uh, horses and chariots of fire and angels all around the camp of Syrians that were there. So, uh, as we look at this, a lot of times there's a spiritual world out there working that we have no idea about. Uh, that's out there working for our benefit and our glory and for uh, for the glory of God. And so, uh, as he tells, uh, as he reveals that to us, and as we look at it, part of what we talked about again last Sunday is uh, we turned over to the 13th chapter uh, of the uh, of this book of Matthew, and we used a couple of the parables that are mentioned here uh, in the 13th chapter because the Bible tells us <coughs> here in this 13th chapter of the. Uh, of the book of Matthew, uh, that the kingdom of heaven is likened to, verse 44, I'll just hit this again uh, real quickly. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field in which they, in which a man, the which, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, he hideth, hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth the field. So one description uh, of the kingdom of heaven is that it's like a treasure hid in a field. I think about you know he, this is one of those parables. He doesn't uh, he doesn't go on to give a definition of this parable. He told them in the early part of this thirteenth uh, chapter uh, as he talked to them about the parable of the sower and the seed, uh, and they said, "Master, why are you talking to us in parables?" Uh, and he said to them, "Because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, and not given unto them." So he said, there's some that are to know the, the mysteries of the kingdom. And he says, there's others that don't know the kingdom, uh, the mysteries of the kingdom. Here in this portion of scripture, he gives us a couple of parables that describe the kingdom, but he doesn't give us the definition like he does over in the parable of the sower and the seed. Uh, and so uh, the things that I'm about to say, uh, I'll just say, uh, are, are Charles Kitchens' thoughts on this because it's not actually Jesus Christ written down. Uh, but I think if we look at it, we might find that some of these thoughts are reasonable. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when, the which when a man hath found, he hideth for the joy thereof, uh, thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth the field. You know, you think about... Uh, uh, the importance of the uh, of the kingdom. It's you know it's here in the world. Uh, I'm not saying the world exactly is filled because I don't think we can go out as the uh, if you try to put everything in this uh, this th- message to a uh, exact science. Uh, we can't go out and buy the world. Uh, you know, like buying a field. Uh, but you know, sometimes when we think about the kingdom of God uh, here in this old world, you know, it's kind of hidden sometimes. Uh, it doesn't seem to be very obvious that this is where it's at. But you know what? Uh, when, a, when, a man find, when a man finds that it's a treasure, a treasure of great price, I'll tell you what, you can go and, you can go and get rid of all that you got. Just give me that kingdom. Uh, you think about, you think about the, the joys that most of us have felt a lot of times in worshiping God. You know, sometimes we can, we can come here in our worship services, or maybe sometimes maybe you found this in studying Scripture or looking into it for a little while, and your mind has just gone beyond the thoughts of, how am I doing today? This is aching. That's hurting. The world is going to, to pot. <laughs> the world's going down the drain. The leaders are all evil men. Uh, there's this war going on, this fighting. The, the uh, Jihad is taking place all over. You know, but you're, you've totally gone beyond all that for a little while because maybe whether it's from the preaching of God's word or maybe it's from the reading of God's word or maybe it's a time when you've just gotten down on your knees by your bedside, and you've just gone to the Lord in prayer. And, so, and everything else seems to just have vanished away. Uh, that's from a worldly standpoint. Uh, my friends, you have found a treasure hid in, that, hid in a field that's right there before us. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, sometimes you want to just lock it away for yourself and say, oh, if I could just have all of this and just, Lord, give me all that I might know, I'd sell all that I have to have this treasure with me all the days of my life. I think when we see the kingdom of God that way, the kingdom of heaven that way, uh, then I'll tell you, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll forsake the ways of this world so much more when we see it as a treasure 
for us. It also goes on and says that the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. When he found one pearl of great price and sold all that he had, he sold all that he had and bought it. Uh, so uh, for us, I think looking at the kingdom of God and looking at the king, uh, the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God uh, and seeing that it's a great treasure and seeing like the merchant man that it's a pearl of great price. One of the things I told this little story last week about uh, when Doris and I were down uh, uh, in, uh, in Hawaii and we were looking at, uh, went and looked at some pearl necklaces and uh, went in one particular store where they'd gotten pearls from all the different islands. And so you had black pearls and you had uh, pink pearls and you had white pearls. And as you look at them, you know, you find out, uh, and this, this lady, this older lady that, that was uh, her and her husband owned that store, she had gone and bought all these different pearls and they would bring them together and put them together. And she was talking to us about what made the, the different ones more valuable, the color, the luster. Uh, you know, she said a true pearl, you know, it'll never be perfectly round. Uh, because it's not made, you know, it's, just, it's not like the man-made uh, pearls because the man-made pearls, you know, might be just perfectly round. But she said, these will be just a little bit off from brown. And some of them, uh, they would even group some of them together in necklaces because they had ripples in them. Uh, and so you had ripples together in, in some of the pearls. And some of them were, had, little, had little rings on them around them and so all this kind of stuff. And some of them had all of this. And so you think about what it takes to know the value of a pearl. Uh, takes a lot of study, a lot of years, a lot of maybe in this lady's case, some travel to go and look at the different colors and the different styles and lump them together. And they bring them together to make this beautiful necklace. So she, he says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man <coughs> seeking goodly pearls. <laughs> uh, uh, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, uh, went and sold all that he had. And bought it. We're not talking about someone that didn't know anything about pearls. We're talking about a merchant man that knew the value of pearls. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I sit, I look out here, Sister Loretta. You know, and you think about uh, uh, Tony and, and the various work that he does. All these years, I mean, from a young boy raised up around the car business, right? I mean, he knows how to go and look at a car and tell it's good, it's bad, it's not good. Uh, uh, can you imagine? Him going and looking at all the different cars and finally finds that one car of great price. He would know it. He wouldn't just somebody have to tell him, well, that's a pretty good car over there. He said, well, let me go look at it. I'll tell you whether or not it's good. Uh, in fact, he would know the very value of those things. Uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found that one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He wouldn't just buy it because he thought it might be good down the road. He would buy it because he knew it was that one pearl of great price. And he knew how to value all the pearls. Uh, so that's a description of the kingdom of, uh, kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure uh, uh, hid in a field. Uh, have you imagined how many people, uh, uh, you think about this, how many people when they heard that there was gold in Alaska back in the around the turn of the century sold out everything they had loaded up on boats went to places they had never heard of and never seen and when we were up there last year you look at some of the weather conditions some of those people had to put up with and slogging through ice and through frozen lakes and through all of this to get to a field that they had never seen because they heard there was a treasure up there right now when we begin to see the kingdom of heaven like that uh, so that you'd just go and give everything you had, sell out, go go as far as you had to go to find and lay hold on that great treasure and search for that great treasure and try to buy that field. Or like the merchant man seeking goodly pearls, finds that one pearl of great price, goes and sells all that he has. I'll tell you, when we begin to see the kingdom of heaven like that, I'll tell you, it'll, it'll cause us to focus our lives every day a little bit more. What can I know more about the Word of God today? Can I get down on my knees and pray to, the, to this King of kings and this Lord of lords? Uh, 
you began to see the reason I, I dove over to this portion of Scripture. I apologize to Brother Adam because he, he's so good at going in, uh, step through step through these through these Scriptures and saying this portion of Scripture leads to the next portion. It's all linked together. He does such a marvelous job of that. Sometimes we, we jump over here and say this one, this portion of Scripture teaches about the importance of the kingdom, how valuable it is, and do we see it that way? All right, let's turn back to the very first part now, the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, because all of these uh, various descriptions of the kingdom, and that's, that's the best way I know after having read and studied something, that's the best way I know to describe it to you, is there's all kinds of information in Scripture that tells us about this kingdom. Some of it tells us about how we can get the best benefit from it, uh, some of it tells us about an eternal side of it. He goes on and tell, compares uh, a little while ago to it's like uh, the kingdom of heaven is like to the man that went out and found both wheat and tares among his uh, among in the field. And he, here he goes in and tells us, uh, says the same day, verse, uh, verse 1, chapter 13, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Now, I can tell you this, uh, uh, he was sitting by the seaside at Capernaum. On the Sea of Galilee. And it says, uh, the same day went Jesus out of the house, and he sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he was uh, went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. I want you to just get this picture in your mind. He went out and got in the little fishing boat uh, out there, and all the people were gathered around him there on the on the shore of the, of the Sea of Galilee. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, and because they had no deepness of earth, uh, they sprung up, and because uh, they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Others, uh, others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, the kingdom of heaven's within you. Uh, God's given uh, given us a hearing ear and a seeing eye. Uh, even both of them are of the Lord. Uh, and it says, the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? Why are you speaking to them in a, a parable as a story that tells another story? Uh, and so he says, why are you speaking to them this way? And Jesus answered and said unto them, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For And for whatsoever hath to him shall be given to him that... Uh, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that that he hath. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. But in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall... Uh, hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and should and I should heal them. So we've got a group of people whose hearts have waxed gross. In other words, they've, they've gotten uh, hard-hearted. Uh, they've gotten to where the, uh, uh, the things of, the, of, of God are just an act, just something they're walking through. Uh, their ears are dull of hearing. It doesn't mean they can't hear. It just means uh, uh, that they're tired of hearing. <laughs> uh, they've gotten dull with it. They don't want to listen anymore to the, uh, uh, the discussions in the synagogue. They don't want to hear to the discussions about uh, uh, the Old Testament prophets. Uh, and so uh, he said, Isaiah prophesied about these. 
uh, that hearing they would hear and not understand, and seeing they would see and not perceive. And we see that's exactly what was going on in Capernaum and many places around Israel at that time. Uh, the people, the one they had been looking for all these years, the Messiah had come, uh, and he was walking among them, teaching among them, uh, uh, living among them, uh, and they were seeing him. Uh, but they were not seeing him. And they were hearing him, but they were not hearing him. They were hearing him with their ears, but they weren't understanding what he was talking about. And in this case, he tells them, he spoke to them in parables specifically because some would get it by the grace of God and by the hearing, by the understanding heart and a hungry heart and a desirous heart. And others would be in the exact same place and not get it at all, what he was talking about. But he says, uh, verse 16, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. So many righteous, many prophets uh, were uh, in time past would have desired to hear the master talk. Hear him tell about the about the kingdom of God. Hear him talk about uh, uh, the uh, the poor in spirit, uh, or uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, they would have loved to have heard all of that. They would have loved to have asked him questions. You think about the writings of David. <clears throat> and the many things that David or, or Isaiah or Elijah or others revealed from the, from the things that they had, God had shown them. Uh, can you imagine them having the opportunity to sit down and talk to Jesus and know they were talking to the Messiah? Man, what a conversation those things would have been, right? So, uh, uh, so uh, uh, he says, there are a lot of people that would that long to see my day. And you're, see, you're here in the presence of my day, and now I'm going to reveal to you some things about this kingdom of God, uh, this spiritual kingdom uh, that's translated into this uh, new birth kingdom, this spiritual kingdom that's in this world, a kingdom that uh, uh, may be yet fulfilled uh, in glory in a time to come when you'll actually be in the presence of the king. Uh, uh, but uh, this kingdom that we have while we're here now, not that we have to wait on, uh, on a kingdom to come, out there in the future. And he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have made a lot of things out of this over the years. I don't think, it, to me, it's really not as complicated as some people have made it. To, uh, and, uh, and because he tells it, it's pretty plain what it is. He said, there's a sower gone out to sow seed. Some of the seed fell by the wayside. Some of it fell on stony ground. Some of it fell among thorns. Some of it actually fell on good ground. In case you're, and he doesn't need to leave us to wonder what all these things are. Uh, he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, verse 18. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, and then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which received the seed by the wayside. So here, here's a person, uh, they're hearing the word of God. The seed is the word of God being spread, being sown out there. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, there's those uh, uh, that hear it, uh, uh, and uh, anyone that heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. He hears it. Doesn't understand it. Uh, he says, uh, and is it understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Uh, uh, Satan's out there trying to deceive. We find this all the time uh, talked about in the word of God. Uh, uh, that Satan as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, and he's still doing that today. And so we find he catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the word. Word, receive the seed by the wayside. So he gets it. He don't understand it. Satan doesn't want it to take root. Comes and uh, steals away those things that are there uh, that he has. And he says, He that receiveth the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon uh, with joy receiveth it. There are those that, that hear the word of God. Uh, they, they're able to hear. They, they must have hearing ears and seeing eyes. Uh, uh, they hear it, don't understand it. 
I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to say in my life that I've always understood everything I heard preached about the Word of God, but that's not true. Uh, and uh, so he tells us, uh, He that received the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the Word of God, and anon receives it with joy, uh, <clears throat> yet he hath not root in himself, and he dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the Word, by and by he's offended. How many of us have known and seen ourselves over the years? Those that were here and uh, and uh, maybe here at Zion's Rest Church or other places that we know about. They can hear the Word of God. They can understand the Word of God. But actually in their lives, it was very shallow. It was a shallow substance. They didn't have a lot, they didn't have a lot of root uh, in their substance. And when some little bit of trouble comes along, whether it be in the church or maybe in their personal lives, uh, somehow or another they're torn down, thrown away. Uh, and it says uh, uh, here it rises because when a little bit of tribulation or persecution rises because of the word by and by, he's offended. Uh, well, look at this. I'm, I'm now offended because of the things of there's, uh, there's trouble and there's persecution. Uh, why? Because there's people in the church, uh, and uh, or maybe there's people uh, in my lives, and now suddenly uh, I'm trying to tell them about the things of the Word of God, and they're making fun of me, and I'm offended by that, and decide I'll just, well, I shouldn't have to put up with that. I'll just leave, and I won't have to put up with that anymore. Uh, he also that receiveth the thorn, uh, receiveth the seed uh, among the thorns, is he that heareth the Word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, Choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. I think there are those in the kingdom of heaven. This is all about the kingdom of heaven. This is not about, uh, uh, this parable is not about something else. Uh, this parable is about the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> this parable is about the kingdom of heaven. There are some in the kingdom of heaven uh, uh, that uh, uh, that God, uh, that Satan catches the word away from them because they, they, they hear it, but they don't understand it. Uh, There's some uh, in the kingdom of heaven uh, uh, that the, the seed, the word of God, it falls kind of on stone ground because they don't have much root and now suddenly they're offended and they're gone uh, and they don't have they're, they're depart from the things uh, of trying to pay attention to the kingdom of God there's some uh, that the seed the word of God it kind of their kind of life is uh, so much so worldly I'll, I'll put it that way uh, they, they hear the word they receive the word but it's so their lives themselves is so worldly that before long the world chokes out the seed and the next thing you know, they've perished out there in the world. Uh, and that's the, way, that's the way it is with God's people. I'm, I'm afraid so many times, uh, sometimes Satan catches the word away. Sometimes we're just so shallow with our receiving of the word uh, uh, that we don't put it into practice in our lives. And uh, the next thing you know, a little bit of persecution, a little bit of trouble comes along uh, and, uh, and, and we wilt away under the pressure instead of standing, standing strong. Uh, sometimes we just let the world eat us up. The Word of God's preached. We've heard it. We hear it. Uh, it's received. But the thorns of this old life just kind of choke everything out. You know, and, it's, and if we think about this, uh, uh, the sower going forth to sow. Uh, and I know today in today's world that we live in, people don't have farms as much as they used to have anymore. But uh, if you think about uh, uh, the, the fields that people have, you know, there's a place where the field is prepared. Uh, and if you think about sowing back in the day, they didn't have tractors like we have today with planters on the back or, uh, they might've, they might've had those days, I guess they had oxen that they, that they plowed behind and so forth. But a lot of times when you were just sowing wheat or you were sowing corn or something like that, they didn't go out and try to put it in a row. They just went out and sowed the seed out there in, out there in the field. And if you think about a great big field, uh, if a man was very careless or, you know, whatever with the way the seed was sown, some of it might fall off over here in a portion of ground that wasn't actually plowed up. Uh, and it never and it never would really take root. Somebody might, some bird might come along and pick up the seed and be gone with it before it ever had a chance to be covered up and planted and so forth. And that's the way Satan works. Sometimes seed falls by the wayside uh, and uh, he swoops in and kind of steals out the joy of our life. Sometimes if you don't, uh, if a man hasn't gone through his field, maybe and done enough preparation. You know, a lot of times people said that used to back in the day, one of the reasons a lot of the new New England farmers left and tried to continue to travel west 
they got tired of plowing rocks up there in New England. The fields were full of a lot of rocks up there in that part of the world, and and so uh, they maybe they were getting out and sowing seed a lot of times, and the field the the seed was falling on a rock out there, a stone that was inside their field. And they said, and, and nothing ever came up in those places, and it was hard to work and hard to plow and hard to tend. Uh, that's the way it is when you're out sowing. Now, sometimes, uh, maybe if you don't take care of your field all that well, maybe there's some thorns growing up. I got, we've got some, we've got some uh, blackberry, we got some blackberry thorn uh, thorns out among one of our azalea bushes out there in the yard. I got to figure out how to climb out there inside. I may have to get Sister Sharon to help me figure out how to put one of those. Uh, uh, little uh, things on top of it to actually see if it'll kill it with some Roundup in there. So, but anyway, I've got to figure this thing out. You know, it keeps sprouting back up. The the thorns are growing up there among When I'm out there trying to trim, I'm getting thorns stuck in me, trying to trim up azaleas and all this kind of stuff. If you let the thorns grow wild, if you let the world grow wild in your life, and you're more focused on the things of the world, it'll choke out the seed. You know, one thing. one thing I know, uh, you know, if you're not reading your Bible like you should, it becomes a great joy to read your Bible every day. Just read it a little bit. Read a chapter. Read read some Psalms. Read some Proverbs. Uh, listen to some preaching. Uh, today, with the modern YouTube stuff, instead of watching all the junk that's out there, you could be reaching and walking out there and listening to some preaching out there on the YouTube channels uh, uh, and so forth. So uh, I, actually fa- I actually found myself out there on YouTube the other day, and I went back and listened to a sermon I'd preached up at... Uh, Flint, uh, Flint River, a couple of, a couple of years ago, and I, I listened to it. And I said, "That's pretty, that was pretty good." And uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> so, okay, I'm, I apologize for that. Anyway, so you know, you can find some some interesting stuff out there, and it's not all cranky stuff and all evil stuff. You can actually find some good things to be out there listening to. Don't let the thorns of this old world and the worldly thinking choke out the word of God in your life. Okay, so he tells us uh, tells us that uh, he that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. But the care of this world and the deceitful riches uh, choke the word, and he becometh more unfruitful. Okay, so, uh, so on one hand, I've talked about you know not not paying enough attention to the to the uh, to the seed and letting the thorns of this old world choke it out. Another thorn can be very subtle in our lives, and he says this right here in Scripture. He says. Uh, the care of this world, one, and the deceitfulness of riches, two, choke out the word. Uh, I've said this in times gone past here at Zion's Rest, and, uh, but I'll repeat it again here this morning. You know, having a job is important for us to uh, support our families and take care of our families and all this stuff. Uh, and, and God, uh, and, and let me give you another kingdom verse to go with that, by the way. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven... And his righteousness, Matthew six thirty three, seek the kingdom of heaven first and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What? Food, clothing, raiment, the things you stand in need of. So when you get things in the right order and you put the kingdom first, God will take care of you. God will provide for you. You'll have a job where you can provide for your family and your wife and your household and whatever might need to be done. God will provide. He'll open a way for you to do that. But you know what? If the deceitfulness of riches gets more important in your life, it's like these old thorns and it'll choke out the word and you You'll end up getting sucked into the world out there and thinking riches are more important than anything else. No, the kingdom's more important than anything else. God will take care of the rest when you get the order in the right priority. Okay, so he that received the word among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed on good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, also beareth fruit, bringeth forth some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. So uh, there, when we think about this whole parable of the sower of the seed, which is about the kingdom of heaven, uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven uh, is is like this old old field out there. The sower goes forth and sows the seed. Uh, he People are in the field that hear the word. Some hear it and don't understand it. Uh, Satan swoops in there and the, and the devil and the things of this world and, and steals away that very word 
word from us enjoying that. Uh, uh, secondly, uh, uh, we find that there are those that are sometimes are so shallow uh, in the things of God's word. Here's, there's some things you can do something about. You don't have to be shallow about the word of God. Your heart doesn't have to be a hard old stony rock. Uh, I know that God takes and uh, he's the one that changes the heart of stony heart to the heart of flesh. But I'll tell you what, you can soften your heart more and more to the receiving and prepare yourself. I'm coming to the house of God this morning. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to hear the word of God proclaimed. Go prepared praying. Lord, let me receive your word in my heart. Let it come forth and multiply. Don't let me let the cares of this old world choke it out. Don't let the deceitfulness of riches keep me from enjoying it. Don't let the, don't let the, uh, the cares of the world become the thorns in my life. And don't let my old hard and stony heart keep me from applying it and putting my roots down in the word of God. Lord, let, let my heart be good ground. Let my heart be good ground this morning. Let me come prepared to hear the word of God and let me receive it gladfully and let it bring forth in my life multiple fruit, hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Let my field be a rich field for the Lord. Let my life be a rich life for the Lord. This is a parable uh, that God has shown us about the kingdom. That's just one that's just one part of it. It's a pearl of great price. It's a treasure hid in a field. Uh, it's a place where we can come and grow and hear the key things of God's word so that our lives can be rich toward God. I think the reason, you know, now now dial back just for a minute to think about some of the things that we heard about, you know, when we go when we go to the pregnancy test and resource center to that gala every year, we hear some great speakers. Uh, we hear some people that uh, say some good things. And every time, what, what, every year, regardless of who's up there speaking, at some point, the people that are talking will talk about the value of life versus the versus sacrificing our children. <laughs> Uh, like the like people did to Molech and to Baal and all those things, but uh, you know, but the value of life in this old world. And as we think about, that's one of those valuable things that we learn where in the Word of God. That's where we learn that life is valuable. That's where we learn that life is precious. That's where we learn that life is actually, and the fruit of the womb is actually the gift of God. <laughs> That's where we learn all that kind of stuff. How can that bring forth fruit in our lives? Never forget it. Never forget how important the blessings of God and the fruit of the womb and the little, our little children are. Our, our little precious ones that are among us. Don't ever forget how precious that is and, and apply that in your life. You know how you become hard and stony about You know how you become hard and stony or the thorns of life choke that out in your life? You get, you get to the point where you say, you know what? Having sexual relationships with people outside of marriage and pr- uh, producing a little child, no big deal. Uh, and hey, if it if if, uh, if it gets to be a problem, we'll go down to the abortion clinic and we'll just take care of this issue. That's the cares of this world. That's the hard and stony ground. That's Satan coming and robbing you of the joy of the things of God's word. Because God's word has told us some things that are valuable. If we apply it in our lives, what a blessing it will be. What a multitude of fruit and blessings it will be in our lives. But when we let the cares of this old world choke it out, we don't, we don't think God's word is valuable anymore. I just want to take a little application for you to say, that's how we take and apply this thing and say, let the seed stay abundant in my life. Let, let me take it and let it bring forth fruit abundantly for God. May God bless you. Uh, we'll keep talking about the kingdom a little bit. We'll keep talking about it because Jesus talked about it. Paul talked about it. Philip talked about it. The disciples talked about it. Let us talk about it. May God bless you, sir.